All right. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that we can gather on this amazing day. Lord, I just thank you that uh, you are with us. I thank you that you want to speak to us. So I just pray you open our ears and our hearts. Uh, Lord, help me to be able to express what you want to say. And I pray that um, you'll just really uh, be touched from, from your word this morning. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. Hey, so last week I introduced a sermon series that I am doing. Um, thanks, Ian. Um, and Ian is, is the, the sound guy and the media guy. So the big well, well done to Ian. Good. Uh, well, I'll tell you that when we finish, see if you get it right. So, um, I, so this was the sermon series. It was, it was Jericho. And I felt the Lord wanted me to talk on it about a geographical location because some significant things happened in that particular city of Jericho. It is one of the oldest cities in the world. Um, it was, uh, it was an ancient city, and it's now it's... I'll start again. One of the oldest uh, civilizations that have remained inhabited cities. Um, and so uh, it's also the... It's on the west bank of the Jordan River. Has anyone been to Jericho? How was it? I only passed through it, but I haven't been there. You've been there. Graham, how was it? The old city. The old city? Pretty dead. Pretty dead? <laughs> it's near the Dead Sea, is that why? Very dead and it's bigger than Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it, is, it is also um, the lowest city in the world. Uh, 250 metres below sea level. So when I was preparing for this, I hopped on Google Earth and I checked all the photos and checked all that out. Um, and that would be a great place to go and visit sometime. Uh, so 250 metres below sea level, and it's about a kilometre below Jerusalem. So it's a fairly steep road between Jerusalem and uh, Jericho. In fact, we'll talk about that next week when we look at one of Jesus' parables about the road to Jericho. In the Old Testament, we see that it was the first city that was conquered in the Promised Land. And I, I preached on that last week. Um, we also know that the, the story of Rahab who sheltered two spies that occurred in the city of Jericho. Uh, we know in two kings that there was likely a school of prophets that was established in Jericho. It's also the place where the prophet Elisha cleansed the water. Now, Graham, when you were in Jericho, did you see the, uh, the, the fountain that Elisha cleansed? There's probably a hundred of them that are all claiming to be the originals. Yeah, I thought a fountain. Yeah. Um, and so it was a prophet Elisha, he, he cleansed the water from being poisoned. Uh, that was the Old Testament. The New Testament, it's, uh, it's possibly the region where Jesus was tempted uh, by the devil. And so when takes, uh, the devil takes Jesus to a high peak, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's assumed it was Jericho, uh, in the mountains of Jericho. In the New Testament, we find Jesus healing three blind men. It's almost like three blind Nice. But it was, it was three blind men. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of them today. His name was Bartimaeus. And there's another um, uh, um, passage where Jesus heals another two men on the road to Jericho. Jericho is where Zacchaeus lived. And uh, Jericho is also the destination scene of the parable of the Good Samaritan. So, so last week we started touching on uh, the Old Testament story of the walls of Jericho. Uh, where before the nation of Israel could possess the promised land, before they could receive all that God had for them in the place of promise, they had to deal with Jericho. They had to deal with the walls of Jericho. They couldn't ignore Jericho. And so uh, it was the gateway to the place of promise. Joshua would meet the Lord outside the walls of Jericho. 
and the Lord would give Joshua a strategy, an unusual strategy, to find, to find victory in that space. And if you know the story of Jericho, that the nation of Israel would march around seven times. On the seventh day, they'd have a shout and blow the trumpets, and the walls would come crashing down. Um, and so what we find is that Joshua in that space, he didn't approach Jericho from a military strategy. He didn't lean on his own understanding. Uh, he trusted the Lord. And as the nation followed God's plans, God brought breakthrough. And so that's uh, last week's message finished. Uh, I could have done it much quicker last week, couldn't I, if I put it that way. Um, today I want to take us back to Jericho, but not the ancient city of Jericho, not the one where the walls came tumbling down. In fact, Joshua would issue a curse over that city that the walls weren't to be rebuilt. Um, and so one of the kings later rebuilt the walls and the curse came to pass and one of his, his eldest child died. But so we're looking at the Jericho of 1400 years later. So not quite the modern city of Jericho that Graham and Pat have visited, uh, but it is still the same area of, uh, of the West Bank of the Jordan. So 1400 years later, and looking at Jericho in the time of Jesus. Um, uh, and Jericho was positioned as an oasis city, and so there's a lot of palm trees, hence the figs that you were talking about last week, Pat. Um, but also, Herod the Great, uh, one of the, in, in probably about 30, 40 BC, he would build a, a palace overlooking the oasis city of Jericho. And so, um, because of the Herod had his palace, it was quite a popular place for the rich to attend. It was quite the it was, a, it was quite the expensive uh, holiday destination in all of, in all of uh, Israel. It was, had warm climate, uh, fresh water springs, a bit like, I grew up in the Blue Mountains, so it's a bit like Medlow Bar, it's been up that way. And so it was a place where everyone goes because it's a great view, uh, it was fresh water, fresh baths, and Herod decided to build his palace at that point, uh, at that place. And so because of that, um, because Jericho was catering to the rich and the powerful during the time of Jesus, the road to Jericho was, was surrounded by lions, by homeless and poor people. They were, because the rich were coming and going toward Jericho, the beggars thought, what a great place to set up a little begging business. And so they set up on the sides of the road to Jericho. They were desperate for someone to notice them, desperate for someone to see them. And uh, desperate for someone who could be moved by compassion to do something to help them in their situation. And so this is where we come to our message for today. We get to meet someone who lived in a world of darkness, a world of isolation, a world of hopelessness and helplessness. Uh, but for him, everything was about to change on the road to Jericho. And so as I said, his name before is Bartimaeus. Um, if anyone looking for kids' names, there's a good one. It's not that common, just out there. Um, I might suggest that to Al and Dave. That could be a good one. Bart. Bart. Um, uh, Bartimaeus means he's the son of Timaeus. That's what, in, in Hebrew, Bar is son of Timaeus. And so that's what his name is. Timaeus means highly prized, valued, special, and honourable. So that's him. He was the son. He was named after the son of someone who is highly prized, valued, precious, and honourable. Just point that out as we read this story. So in Mark chapter 10, we'll come to the story of Bartimaeus. Then they, which is being Jesus and his bunch of merry men, uh, they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. 
A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. This is where you could sing that song if anyone wanted to sing it. Anyone? Ali wants to sing it, that's it. Uh, anyone know that song? Ben, ben can do it because it's such a great rendition of Happy Birthday. You could launch into um, the blind man sat by the road and he cried. Anyway, this is where, where Bartimaeus, we would find him. And uh, when he heard, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, some of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus. He was known by his illness. He was, he was known by the, what people thought of him. He was known by what he couldn't do. He, had, he was blind. He had no vision. Uh, there was no NDIS to help out. Uh, there was no Royal Blind Society to, to step in, or Vision Australia, or Fred Hollows that could possibly come and help blind Bartimaeus. His future, his life for him was, I'm just going to sit on the road to Jericho, I'm going to sit and I just hope that someone will see me, that someone will notice me. And in the eyes of all the people around him, although he was a son of someone who was valuable and honourable and precious, but in the eyes of people around him, the Jews used to think for someone to be sick, it must have been a sin that caused them, them to be sick. And so, in the eyes of the people around him, well, that's Bartimaeus, he must have done something wrong. For him to be blind, he must have, or maybe his parents did something wrong. Maybe. And so, they did not view him as honourable, or precious, or valuable. Now, we're not told why Bartimaeus was blind. Maybe he was born blind. Maybe he had a sickness as a child. Maybe he had a, he had a, um, a an accident. Uh, I, I've got a, I knew a, I won't tell the story about that guy, but I knew someone who had an accident and ended up blind in one eye. Um, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was something he did. Maybe it was something that someone else did to him. And and as you look at this story, maybe you can relate a little bit to Bartimaeus. Maybe you're not dealing with a wound like a physical wound that he had. Maybe you're dealing with something else. Maybe you've got an emotional wound or a, or a, a maybe it is a physical limitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you're experiencing a sickness or a, a situation in your life that is limiting your vision, limiting your ability to see. Maybe, maybe it was someone else's fault. Maybe, maybe someone did something to you or said something over you. Maybe circumstances happen that are beyond us. Because people do and say things that can cause huge damage. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe you've done something in your, in your life and, it, and, and, it, and it, was, it was stupid or you regret it and all of a sudden you've got a, you're facing a situation in your life and you're thinking, maybe it was because of that that I'm now suffering or I'm struggling in my particular situation. And so, maybe you find yourself in the road to Jericho with Bartimaeus. And so whatever your backstory is, whatever the situation is that you're looking back on and thinking, gee, I wish I didn't do that, I wish that didn't happen to me, it's the cause of my pain or my hurt or my, or my soul being in trouble. Whatever your backstory, Bartimaeus teaches us that we need to know who to call upon. Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was in town. And so he calls out to Jesus, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Can I encourage you, if you're facing a situation that you need to know who to call, who are you going to reach out to when you're, when you're stuck, when you're broken, when you've got nowhere else to go, when you, when you find yourself on the side of a dusty road with no hope, no future, no, no, no potential for life, and you're wondering, where do I fit? Where am I going? Can I encourage you? Call out to Jesus. Bartimaeus did that. And he would discover, although that many people had discarded him, many people just left him on the side of the road, that he was still valuable and precious and worthwhile to God. That each one of us are noticed by God. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel unnoticed. You know, we could be in a church, we could be in a crowd, and we could just feel unseen, unnoticed. And the truth is, Bartimaeus, the story of Bartimaeus will remind us and show us that he is not unnoticed. Also, Bartimaeus, we learned that he didn't use his disability. He didn't use his social status as a beggar or his infliction of, of, his, of his injuries as an excuse to avoid Jesus. He didn't blame Jesus, but rather he called out to Jesus. Sometimes we can use all this, this the stuff that's going on and say, well, I can't go to Jesus because of my, my sin or my shame or the stuff I've done. He wouldn't accept me. Bartimaeus did not care. He knew who to call out to. But the, the people around him, they said, Shut up. They said, why, why, would, why would Jesus bother with you? So often we can be discouraged by, by people or, or by our own internal uh, dialogue that says, no, don't call out to Jesus. You see, the enemy of our souls is at work in our minds to, to separate us, keep us separate. We hear the whisper of the enemy that says, he's not interested in helping you. You're a nobody. You're an outcast. You're just a beggar. You're just this. You're just that. You're, you're, just, you're just no one that God's going to take notice of. And I tell you what, if Bartimaeus believed those lies, he, wouldn't, he would not have received the miracle he was about to receive. And so I really feel this morning there's people here that are believing lies, listening to the, the whisper of the enemy, and he is trying to rob you of the ability to access Jesus, trying to tell you that he's not interested in you. And so um, there'll be opportunity later for you to, uh, to really deal with that. And I believe that Jesus wants to draw each one of us to him today. So Bartimaeus, in the three, three points, he knew who to call. He called out to Jesus for mercy. Go to verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. They called to the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. Have you ever wondered why Jesus asked Bartimaeus to come to him? Jesus could have easily, Jesus could have easily walked over to the side of the road over to Bartimaeus. But Jesus stood still and waited. We don't know how long it took for Bartimaeus to get there. He could have, he could have, I mean, he had to know where to go, people had to get him there. And so it could have, could have been five minutes, it could have been longer, we're not too sure. But here we see that Jesus never forces himself into our lives. And so Jesus could have gone straight to Bartimaeus and done his thing and moved on. But Jesus was looking for a response from Bartimaeus. Jesus looks to partner with us, he gives us a choice. He could have stayed where he could have stayed where he was, 
stuck in blindness or fear, or he could have actually gone to Jesus to receive something from him. Bartimaeus chose to go to Jesus, and as he stumbled his way forward, I'm sure he was, he was, he was, he was trying to figure out, I'm trying to listen to the voice, I can't, I can't hear, I can't see him. The voice of Jesus is calling. I'm trying to align myself, trying to find out where he is, and I'm trying to feel my way toward Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a place where maybe you can't see where Jesus is, can I encourage you to open your ears? And the Bible talks about feeling your way toward him. If you turn your ear toward him, you'll hear his voice. And there's a crowd of people around you that can help you get to Jesus. That's a, it's so important to be in community. Because community helps us when we can't, when it seems like we can't see or hear, that people will help us get to Jesus. It's like the story uh, where Jesus was ministering in the house and there's a crowd of people and there was a crippled man. You know, you know the story? And he couldn't get to Jesus. Number one, because he was crippled. And number two, because there was um, a crowd of people. So four friends of his um, took him up on the roof and they dug a hole in the roof and they lowered Jesus. They lowered, lowered the guy to Jesus. I know you know the story. But, um, but it's their faith. And in the community, sometimes... We need people to help us get to Jesus. True? Who's ever needed people to help? And uh, ultimately, and then there's times that we need to help people. And so we find when we, we just, the goal is Jesus. That's the goal. How we get there is, is somewhat secondary, but we need to get people to Jesus. We need to get people off the dusty streets of Jericho and encourage them and say, Jesus is calling you. Go to him. In fact, let me take you to him. And so Bartimaeus um, hears the word of Jesus. He stumbles forward, and Jesus. And he comes to Jesus, and um, he stands before Jesus, and he has a conversation, which is very interesting. You know, this Bible tells us here that Bartimaeus jumped up and ran to Jesus. You know, I've found sometimes I'm a little bit reluctant to run to Jesus. Anyone else feel reluctant sometimes? And uh, it's sometimes, and Jenny, Jenny talked about it in the song that we sang as well, sometimes it's, um, it's shame or guilt or I'm not good enough or oh, Jesus wouldn't want me. He's got far more other people he's interested in. Um, sometimes it's um, laziness, busyness. Sometimes it's my choice. Sometimes I hear the voice of the Lord and, and sometimes I'd rather do something else. And so it's a challenge for all of us. What do we do when he calls us? The reality is Jesus is always calling us closer to him. And so Bartimaeus didn't take time to think about it when he heard the call of Jesus. He threw off his coat. He threw off the thing that had kept him comfortable for many, many years. He jumped up and he's made his way toward Jesus. He says, you know, Jesus called me. I'm not going to sit here anymore. I've had enough of being blind. I've had enough of being sitting in the dust. I've had enough of just waiting on the, the mercy and charity of people who may notice me. If Jesus is calling me, I'm going to go. So we went. And uh, then he had this conversation in verse 51. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Bartimaeus went to Jesus. He stood in front of the most significant person of all of eternity. He stood before the one who could do anything. And Jesus asked him a question. He said, what, Bartimaeus, what 
do you want me to do for you? You know, when Jesus asks a question, it's not because Jesus doesn't know the answer. And you see this time and again through, through Scripture. Whenever we find a question in Scripture, it's, it's mostly because God wants us to articulate and to actually know where we're at. Like Adam and Eve in the garden. Where, Adam, where are you? Well, God knows where Adam was. But did Adam know where he was? And so Bartimaeus, what do you want? I mean, he was blind. It's quite obviously obvious what he wanted. But did Bartimaeus really know what he needed? And so he was a beggar. He had nothing. He was rejected and cast out from society. He could have asked for a good life, a beautiful wife and kids. He could have asked. I mean, that was, that was an option. He could have asked for great talent. He could have wanted to, to win the Jerusalem uh, uh, Got Talent competition. He could have asked for status and prestige. He could have asked for fame and fortune. But Jesus said, Bartimaeus, what do you really want? What is it, Bartimaeus, that only I can provide? He said, I really want to see. I really want my vision restored. I really want to see things as you see things. I really want... My, my name is a son of honour, a son of value, a son of, uh, a son of worth. I really want my name restored. I really want all that I am. I really want to be all that you've called me to be. I really want to see. I want my dreams restored, my purpose restored, my health restored, my passions restored. I'm just sitting on, this, on, the, on the side streets of Jericho and, and yes, I'm blind. But that affects everything else for me. I want to see. So this morning, as we, as we look at, as we come to Bartimaeus, he's sitting on the road to Jericho. He knew who to call. He knew where to go. And he knew what to ask. He's very specific. And we learn from Bartimaeus' story today that Jesus sees our situation. He sees your situation. He sees exactly what you're going through. He sees your fears. He sees your doubts. He sees the stuff that you struggle with. He sees that wrestle that you have on the inside. He sees our brokenness. He, he sees our hurts and our disappointments and the stuff that happened and the wounds that were inflicted or the stupid things that we've done. And he calls us to come. Maybe to restore a, a physical situation like Bartimaeus. But I think he's calling us to receive something much greater than physical healing. And that's certainly part of the promise that we have in Jesus. I believe he's calling us to a deeper relationship with him. He's calling us to follow him. He's calling us to, to go beyond our religion, to go beyond just doing Christianity or ticking a box on, this, on the census saying I'm a Christian. He's calling us to far more than our external uh, life as a Christian. He's calling us into deeper relationship. He's calling us to come to Him 
And when we come to him, we'll realize who he is and we'll realize who he has created us to be. And in that, we'll receive what he has for us to give. So this morning, what will we do with the invitation of Jesus? What will we do? Many of us resist him. And I said, there's a number of reasons we do this, and I've done this. Fear, shame, embarrassment, brokenness, I'm not good enough. They're all, the, they're all the things we do to avoid. For some reason, the enemy whispers those things and we go, yeah. And then he robs us of actually going to Jesus. He robs us of receiving what Jesus has for us. And we stay stuck on the road to Jericho. They hold us back from actually knowing him and experiencing him. They keep us stuck in our blindness or our pain or our brokenness. They, they keep us stuck in our, in our chains that, that hold us tight. I'm not getting a team up, Ben. Ben. Whole team, all three of you. Three's enough for a team. When does. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. That's a team. What are we going to do with the invitation? Number one, the question is, are we blind? Have, have we got situations in our life that are robbing us of vision? Have we got situations going on in our life that are, as I said, the reason, I don't know the reason why, could have been someone else, could have been circumstances that are outside of your world, could have been you. Have you got brokenness or blindness or hurt or pain? Have you got something that is limiting your vision? What do you do with that? Are you happy to sit on the dusty streets of Jericho? Are you happy to remain blind and, and limited and crippled and just hoping that someone will throw uh, some attention your way and, and, and a bit of coin in your pocket and, and that hopefully you'll just get through the next day to do exactly the same thing and to do the same thing? Are you happy to remain day after day after day after day on the roads to Jericho? Because there is a, so there, there is a call of Jesus that says, get off your rusty dusty. Get off your sitter and go to Jesus. There's an invitation to every single one of us, every single day, whether we're, no matter what we've done or said, or what we're, there's an invitation that says, come to me. Come to me. What will we do with that? Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is why Jesus came, okay? This is it. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that Bartimaeus will see, that those here today will be set free if they're oppressed, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. That's why Jesus came. He came to set us free. He came that we would walk in freedom. He came that we'd no longer be stuck in blindness. No longer stuck at cripple on the side of the road. What are we going to do about that? Well, what are you going to do about that? I can only choose for myself. 
I can only make choices internally that, that if I hear the call of Jesus, I need to respond. I want to encourage you. Would you do the same? Acknowledge, hey, there's something broken inside of me. Number two, know who to call Jesus have mercy. Number three, know where to go. I'm going to go to Jesus. Number four, know what to ask. I want to see. I want to be set free. I want to be able to forgive that person. I want to be able to walk uh, in, in with my head high. I don't want to be limited by my sins of the past or the pains of the past. I don't want to be, I don't want to be chained and held back by, by the enemy. I want to be free. Why don't we all stand together, please? We're going to uh, close and I've asked uh, Ben just to lead us in this uh, song. And I want to encourage you, as we sing this, I want, to make, I want you to make this your song. Make this your song. Make this the echo of your heart. The invitation is given to each one of us to come to the person of grace. And God and Jesus' grace for Bartimaeus was so attractive. And I want to encourage you, would you come to Jesus? Would you, as we sing this song, would you, would you say, would you, would you articulate, you know, what, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'm going to pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you walked the road to Jericho. Lord, I thank you that you noticed and you heard the cry of Bartimaeus. And Lord, I thank you that you didn't keep on walking by, that you stopped. You noticed, you heard, and you called. Lord, I pray that each one of us this morning would be able to respond to your call. Even as we're just taking a moment in prayer at the moment, Jesus says to you, and it requires a response actually, but the question he asks is, what do you want me to do for you? I want you to think about that for a few seconds. What is it that only Jesus can bring into your world? You might think it's impossible. You might think it's unbelievable. But he asks you right now, what do you want me to do for you? Can you articulate it? Can you own it? Can you name it? I'm blind. Jesus knew that already. But he wanted Bartimaeus to take ownership of that. I'm sick. I'm in pain. I'm struggling with doubt and fear. That's okay. 
can do with that. As we sing this song, if you feel if you feel you need to respond to the song, we can certainly, as we sing, make the song yours. But if you'd like someone to stand with you, remember Bartimaeus' friend said, hey, come on, let's go to Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and, and only you know where you're at. But maybe you've got a friend here with you or who might say to you, come on, let's go to Jesus. And um, we do have some prayer people who will come out when the song starts. If you need Jesus to do something for you. This is not this is not about needing him just because we're so needy. But we're facing a situation that only Jesus can help with. I want to encourage you. If you know the person next to you and you know they're going through something, why don't you ask them to come? And our team will pray, stand with you, believing with you that that he, the same Jesus that opened blind Bartimaeus' eyes can heal you today. We're going to sing the chorus. As we sing, you're welcome to come. Um, and then we'll close the service in just a few minutes. Let's bend.